Autobots transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm Duke Nukem. <laughs> Today is episode six of Transformers Armada. It is jungle. <laughs> I was joking, Paul. I'm not really Duke Nukem. I'm John. Oh. Uh, this episode was written by Asao Shizuya. And last time on Transformers Armada, the Autobots went to the Antarctic and uh, they found another Minicon. And in this episode, the Autobots and the Decepticons are in a shootout. Mm-hmm. It's action, action, action. And Cyclonus and Demon. Demolisher moved to flank the Autobots, but uh, Starscream tries flying over them to attack from behind, but then Optimus just turns around and blasts him in the face, and he ends up crashing down on Cyclonus. <laughs> doesn't just blast him in the face, he then walks over to him, stands up over him, and just fires into his face, but oh, it was a simulation. Yep, and Megatron can't believe this shit, they can't even beat a simulation, and they try to blame their failure on Starscream, the Decepticons, and their leader, they call him, uh, for not having a Minicon, that, that's clearly the problem. Don't worry, they pick up a Minicon, say, Signal and yes. opening bumper. And when we come back, okay, oh boy. Uh, Rad, so Rad's got a bunch of camping equipment. Uh, yeah, it's like three backpacks full of human things to take because <laughs> be prepared is what he always says. At one point, Carlos goes through one of the boxes and I'm fairly sure I saw a propane cylinder from like a Coleman stove, <laughs> but they're going to the Autobots base. They're not going camping. It's like, hey, we're hanging out at their base. We should have some human stuff. Why do you need camping stuff? Bring like a <laughs> fucking couch. Bring a PlayStation. Yeah. Kind of like what uh, the kids had set up in Prime, yeah. Exactly. But, uh, it's almost like Prime was a superior show. <laughs> but now with the Autobots, uh, they can't get the Minicon they found last time to work, and they don't understand what's wrong, and now the kids and their Minicons are here with their camping gear, and then the Autobot Minicon detector goes off. Paul, you forgot the very important voiceover Radhead about this was going to be an adventure they would never forget. Like last episode when he told us about how they were going to have an adventure they would never <laughs> forget and the episode before that when he <laughs> but they get the location and they run to the elevator and didn't it look at first like they were about to run through the wall but yeah it turns out it's an elevator they get in there and the kids get their suits on <laughs> <laughs> and i love that the autobots run to the elevator turn around and then just wait and then we cut to a wide shot of the kids running for a while <laughs> when the Autobots could have just picked them up and taken them with. Yep, the kids get their suits on and now we're all in the warp room, but like the camera is so high up, you can barely see the top of Hotshot. Like, all you can see is like half a prime and a little bit of red alert. Yeah, and they really milked this one. I know that like the warp shots, it's, hey, let's eat up animation time and keep our production costs down. I can understand that, but this one feels especially long. Yes, it does, and but Eventually they launch and now we're in the middle of the woods and the Autobots transform and the kids get out and there's a deer drawn by someone who has never seen a deer in their entire life. Like, it looks more like a greyhound. <laughs> I don't think they've seen an animal. Oh my God. And it kind of like convulses and morphs and then I think tr it's supposed to be jumping away. Uh, and okay, so the kids get out. Carlos says two things that I was just like, what? He talks about how they should bring out their BMX bikes. And I'm like, dude, you have a skateboard. Yeah, that's your thing. You don't have a BMX <laughs> bike anyway. Um, but then he, he talks about jaguars and tigers. And I just, 
I don't get these kids, man. Well, yeah, neither of those animals live in North America. But <laughs> but even then, when Alexis is like, hey, dude, we're in a forest, basically what you said. This is North America. It lo- yeah, it looks like the Pacific Northwest. Um, he loses it. And he's like, I was just joking. Why didn't you get it? And like yells at her. They're all at like one to two or nine to 14. <laughs> But yeah, Hotshot gets Joel out to do some recon, and like transforms this. and flies up, and immediately he sees sunlight glinting off of something in the distance, and now Carlos can understand him, I guess, for, <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, but Brad doesn't, except he will later, who cares? Uh, <laughs> Hotshot, okay, so they're going to head out, and Hotshot right away gets annoyed with how many trees are in his way. Yes. He can't drive, and Red Alert basically says, well, dude, you got to walk. And they leave Prime's trailer behind, and uh, now his Minicon's name is Spark plug, which I think makes a little more sense, but way more sense than it also than being called one. one. And I think, did we not call it where we said, "Hey, they're they're just going to like realize they made a mistake, change the name, and not acknowledge the mistake at all?" Yeah. So they head off, and yeah, Hotshot's losing patience with the trees, and he gets the saw out, and Red just he's like, "No, no, no, you can't. Trees are living things too." And then Red Alert reminds Hotshot, "Yeah, man, listen to him. We're just guests on their planet." Red. This begins like five to seven, I'm guessing, minutes of Rad just continuously preaching about environmentalism. And hey, mm-hmm. I'm all for supporting the environment. Although I got to say, watching this show from the early or mid 2000s in like the early 2020s, I'm like, you know what? Sorry, dude. Too late. It's all fucked anyway. Yep. <laughs> But uh, now Carlos found a path, and what this path is, is a section of clear cut. And again, Rad's like, I think I know who would have done this. Anyway, they're actually happy to be, have a a drivable path. They, Hotshot transforms and rolls out, and... The, also, the animators have never been in the forest because Hotshot just drives out over clear-cut tree stumps. Stumps! His, <laughs> his suspension would be destroyed. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I could see Red Alert maybe getting away with this a bit. Not at high speed, but... How? But no, not Hotshot. <laughs> <laughs> the kid's getting Optimus. Uh, yes, they've all rolled out. And then Rad's preaching continues. It actually gets really... Uh, monotonous here yeah he's like what the trees do for the environment about global warming and i just wanted alexis to look at him and be like yeah i know we're in the same class stupid (laughs) yeah yeah that's the other thing is rad is really preaching about environmentalism as if it's the early 80s when you know people were like hey ozone or no zone and uh, i can remember that being on a t-shirt yeah like back when david suzuki was trying to warn us back in the 80s i can remember that yeah yeah this is like base level here's how the environment work trees help us breathe yeah no shit dude (laughs) we get it we're dealing with microplastics now okay but uh now with the decepticons they're moving in on this thing too and uh, the detector they have hooked up to demolishers minicon says x marks the spot and starscream says this one's gonna be his and even megatron won't mess with me after that in commercial break hello dear transformers nitpickers podcast show listener with the camping season upon us it's time to take the little tykes out into the great wide open we all know that comes with non-stop complaining. I'm tired. Are we there yet? These handcuffs hurt my wrist. And in no time at all, you want to call the whole thing off. Well, now you can with the all-new Torchomatic from Bosco's, the makers of Creepy Glue. Simply deploy the Torchomatic's patented kerosene-soaked dampening module into a pile of dry shrubs, toss in a match, and Bob's your uncle. Now the camping trip's finished, and so is the forest. Show Mother Nature who's boss with the Torchomatic from Bosco's. Available only at select ASO gas stations. Matches not included. He's... 
doing commercials again? I guess. But anyway, the uh, the Autobots are driving along. Uh, Hotshot is actually in front, and a tree falls down in front of him, and we all hear it. <laughs> yes, because uh, uh, timing a falling tree was easier than just shooting them, because it was the Decepticons <laughs> that cut it down. But now they do start shooting at them, and Red freaks out about the trees lighting on fire, so Optimus tells the Autobots to watch their shots. <laughs> There's a line of love from Optimus earlier, where Megatron says something to the effect of, the minicons are ours, and Optimus says, not if you plan to use them for evil. Yes. Like, what a weenie. <laughs> I think Megatron's something like, it's none of your business what I'm going to do with them. <laughs> okay, but don't you be bad. <laughs> but uh, Starscream transforms and flies in behind the Autobots, just like he did in the training simulation, but this time Cyclonus follows him and gets in the way and Starscream's missile sets more of the woods on fire, and now all the deer and bunnies start running. Yeah, uh, the Autobots are worried about the fire, the kids are really worried about the fire, and then there's a lot of Decepticon dialogue, and then like, oh, they're running away, and the Autobots are just running away. Yeah, but Megatron wants to find the Minicon before chasing after them, because I think uh, Cyclonus is like, oh, let's go chase after them, but no, no, we must find the Minicon first, and back with the Autobots, Optimus tells them to get this fire out and then they just stand there and talk about it and then <laughs> it's like the forest is burning down around them oh my god yes living in the pacific northwest being surrounded by forest fire smoke for you know a good chunk of the year i can attest they move a lot faster than this show kids don't hang around forest fires they will eat you alive in the time this show takes what a minute <laughs> yeah but uh hotshot just braces himself against a tree and he's in car mode and he just starts slinging mud with his back tires that puts out a little Not bit a of a bad idea yeah and then i thought this was a total g1 ironhide reference what red alert does here he mm -hmm. starts carving trenches in the ground but rather than divert water it just stops the fire from being able to jump over it i guess yeah and and for as much of a weenie as he is rad has a pretty good idea to send laser beak up i think it was rad's idea send laser beak up to find water which he does <laughs> i thought it'd be funny if he just flew away yeah he's not coming back but yeah, <laughs> or went finds... and got sniped by an eagle <laughs> snagged out of the air but he he finds a lake and red alert has an idea of how to get the water from the lake to here they can use prime's trailer which they keep calling the container yeah so optimus radio spark plug and spark plug transforms and i guess now he can drive prime's trailer which is impressive because he's you know liquored on scotch right now <laughs> hey, i got a trailer for you whoa it's a great toy uh, anyway the decepticons they find the minicon and it's it's like it, at the top of a tree. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, and Starscream wants it, but Megatron thinks, no, no, it'd be better if I had a second one to increase my power even more. But, Paul, it's in the top of a tree. <laughs> so why don't they just... It's been here for four million years? Oh, I see it's, what you mean. How, why is it in the top of a tree? <laughs> it was on the ground, and then the tree just grew in the last hundred or something. Ugh. Like the wind never blew it out. Anyway, we go back to the container thing, and they, they basically turned it into a, a water cannon station. Yeah, like a pumping station and pretty the, cool. apparently that they, they brought nine thousand feet of hose to you know run it that to the lake and back and not just hose start, like massive industrial piping yeah <laughs> they just start dousing the flames with it and the kids tell them oh we can take it from here so the autobots head off to finish with the decepticons and they get there and they all get into it and grapple and argue about who's going to blast first and Yes, and in all the chaos, Starscream flies off and gets to the top of the tree. Actually, this is really cool. He retrieves oh, yeah. the Minicon, but the way he does it is by slicing a number of trees in twain. Yes, with the sword, like one swing, no effort. Yeah, <laughs> like samurai 
caliber shit. It was really cool and a great shot as well. But he retrieves the Minicon and it's Swindle, which is, I mean, why not? They're all, you know, Leader One, Spark Plug. They're all names that we recognize. Yeah. Uh, except Jolt. I don't think. Was there a G1 Transformer named Jolt? I don't think so. I thought maybe it's a like a Starscream's Brigade reference where Swindle was a Combaticon and Starscream made the Combaticons. But he looks more like a combination of drag strip and uh, either wild rider or dead end, whatever the red Sondagon was. Oh yeah. Yeah. The references are just, I, I, they're just superficial name only. I'm absolutely convinced. I bet they have, I, I would bet you that the translation of that Minicon's name in Japanese is not swindle. No, it's something completely different. The writers just had a list of G1 names and it was like, use these. But uh, whoever it is, he transforms and zooms around the trees because, you know, driving around in a Formula One race car in the forest is, you know, feasible. And then he drives straight back up the tree and links with Starscream, who now has the SDF-1's main gun. These are awesome. Yeah, it's, it's like a thing that's on his back. It folds around. And yeah, they're like Macross, yeah. totally Gundam wing kind of guns. And he opens fire. And it's kind of like Starscream from Animated. Yes, where he just, it's ridiculously huge and just lays everybody out and makes this huge fucking crater. Yeah, so all the Decepticons retreat. This was kind of odd that, like, because Starscream gloats that he's the most powerful now, he can rule everybody. Um, then Megatron and the Decepticons retreat. Starscream stands there for a bit, laughs at the Autobots, ah, ha, ha. Then he retreats and goes back to the other Decepticons who he just tried to attack. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, the kids and the Minicons come running in and everyone's okay. The fire is out, except there's this huge crater in the forest now. So no, <laughs> not everything is not okay. It, but, it's also uh, odd that Rad was like, oh, I'm sorry we couldn't come help. We, you know, we had to save the fire. But he had told Optimus, hey, you go, we'll deal with the fire. That aside, I kind of like that Optimus, it's corny that he takes the, the, you know, hammer over your head environmental thing again. But I like that Optimus said, no, 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 you did help. We can't expect you to fight Decepticons, but you are a part of the team and you did help. And I appreciate that. Yep. And back in the Decepticon training program, Starscream uses his new power to not only defeat the Autobots in the program, but also destroys the thing projecting the program and <laughs> makes an even bigger <laughs> crater on the moon. And now he's even more powerful than Megatron. But Megatron's watching him. He's like, oh, we'll see about that. Jolt spots the thing in the distance and tells the Autobots it's that away, and that's the last we see of him. Why not just have him fly to the damn thing as fast as he can right now? We've seen that these Minicon tablets are small enough and light enough that a human can pick one up and carry it. It's not like it's a coconut three times as heavy as he is. <laughs> All right. Have him grab it and fly back here before the Decepticons show up, and if they do show up, well, at least you could say you tried. Hey, here's another idea. When you warp to a place and the thing you're after is still a long way off, but you can see it, warp back to your base and then warp closer to it. You know where you were. You know the direction and have a good idea of how far it is from there. Well, there's your theta angle and hypotenuse. Solve for the other two sides and there's your new coordinates. Simple trigonometry. These kids are in grade 7. We did trig in grade 7. Shout out to Mrs. Aldis. And I know it's Transformers, not the fucking Edison twins. You can look that up. Where they explain the science behind what they did at the end of the show. But two-dimensional trigonometry and Cartesian coordinates shouldn't be that tricky for a spacefaring race of sentient robots. Switch your GPS to UTM. It'd be even simpler then. Or most of them have a project waypoint feature.
teacher, you know distance. You know Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. Jungle Paul, what did you think of Jungle? Uh, all this episode needed was Beachcomber. Like this was <laughs> as close to the Golden Lagoon as we've gotten in a long time. Although, yeah. admittedly, had a little bit happier ending than that one did. That one just was dark at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, like I said, I, I enjoyed the ending with Optimus. You know, acknowledging the kids helped in their own way. Pretty much everything else was just yeah. Like climate change is a really important topic, but this one got just a little too preachy for a kids' show. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's make it clear. Obviously, uh, responsibility towards the environment is an absolute necessity. Don't bother arguing with me that on that one, dear listener. But but this show was just hammering us over the head and explaining it to us like i said as if it was the mid 80s yeah as if we didn't know any better by this point oh oh i i was glad to see starscream get a minicon so Finally. i wonder if you're like is this gonna lead to a schism as or in the decepticons where he's gonna kind of go off his own way now that he's as powerful as he is what else would it be good old starscream betraying megatron <laughs> this you know what it, as much as it's its own animal this series feels it, it feels like it's doing g1 Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what's the next episode is uh, Carnival. Um, you know what? I, I do want to say again, the, the Starscream cannons, I know that they were on him already. They were just kind of on his back, and all they did was flip around his shoulders, but they are maybe my favorite weapon in this entire series so far. It's pretty cool. <laughs> They're pretty, pretty cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, the next episode is Carnival. Uh, uh, you got to see a couple party animals. You can find <laughs> us on Twitter. I'm at John Sobey. Paul is at P. McPherson 1. Yeah, make sure you rate and view us in your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, keep on transforming. And if you use your head, you'll always win, just like the Edison twins. No, 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 you can't. Trees are living things, too.